This morning, I want to uh, I want to have a look at faith. Probably a, a subject that's been preached on often, and uh, <clears throat> I've been disappointed often when I've heard people preaching um, because it's made to be what it's not, and then it's not made to what it can actually do. And so this morning, I want to start with Hebrews 11 and verses 1 to 2. I'm sure most of you could quote the scripture. It says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. So when you're trusting for something, you think, hey, Lord, this is going to happen. An assurance about what we do not see. You know what? Once you can see it and once you have it, you don't need faith anymore. You've got it. So why do you need faith? This is what the ancients were commended for. That's just the, all the old timers in Hebrews 11. A bit older than Mosi, but yeah. So, guys, we relate to God through faith. We can't see him. Well, most of the time we can't see him. Who, who has seen Jesus here? Put your hand, your hand up. One or two? Yeah, that's because you're a key grip, but that's why. <laughs> Only they see Jesus. Um, but I must be honest, I've heard him. Like, this is Jesus. It's, I can hear it's his voice. But I've never actually seen him. I've seen like in the mist type of thing, but I've never seen Jesus, seen his face. And so I could never get into those arguments about what does he actually look like? Was he uh, Jewish? Was he, was he white? Was he brown? Was he this color? I, I could never get into those. And I, I thank the Lord for that. But we relate to God through faith. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to believe we have to believe. I remember that day when I got saved. I went from not believing to believing. And it's by faith because I didn't see him. I didn't hear him on that day. And we have to confess with our lips that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I always get emotional when I speak about my family. <clears throat> but this morning... <laughs> As I was worshiping here, I had a, well, I still got a son that used to lead worship, but he no longer serves the Lord. And I just saw him leading worship again. And so now I have to take that by faith and begin to pray into it, which I, which I do often. He really was a good worship leader. Not as good as Lindy, but he was good. He didn't have the haircut to be better than Lindy. So we have to believe, because now my son is an intellect. He's a coder. He writes coding and stuff on computers. And so... He, things need to be factual, and they need to they need to be uh, they need to be proved in history. And I've tried. I've I've said to him, the Bible is the most reproduced printed book in the world ever. The the second book is a, a book on, by Josephus, 
which is all about proving that the Bible is right. So, like, the proof is there, but he said, no, Dad. He said, Dad, the Word says that I have to believe, and he, he knows the Word. He went to a Christian school. His end of the, end of the, his time of studying, he had to write, I don't want to say a thesis, because um, Vilma will jump on me, but it wasn't a Vilma. <laughs> wasn't a thesis, but it was like a project that evolution versus creation. And he totally proved that creation outranked evolution. Totally. He smashed it out the park. They, they're like, wow, we've never, and I'm not just saying this because of him, but they said they've never seen anything like this by a boy his age. He was 16 or 17 at the time. You see, you see that thing, how, how do we believe? We believe in our heart, and we have to confess with our mouth that he rose from the dead. Joel believed in his heart that Jesus walked the earth. He's an historical figure that has proven beyond doubt that there was a Jesus, but there was a Muhammad, there was a, all these things, but he says, Dad, I, I don't believe that he rose from the dead. I don't believe that he's the Son of God. He said, Dad, I haven't had this revelation that he rose from the dead. And so, we were in Durbanville at that stage. He was part of the worship group there, and he just walked away from it. Hebrews 11.6 applies to him, without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Guys, if you want to please God, you have to believe that He exists and you have to earnestly seek His faith. How many Christians are there walking around that they'll tell you they're born again, but they'd spend no time seeking Jesus? Yes, they know the words, they know the verses, they know the stuff, but you know what? At the end of the day, they, they dry and they're dead inside. And I want to challenge you today, if, if, if you find yourself in the place of, you, know, you wake up in the morning, you go to a thing, and you listen to some worship music on the way to work, and then on the way home from work, that is not enough. This morning I want to say to you, that's not enough. I want it to be enough for you, but it's not enough. It says he rewards those who earnestly seek him, not just everybody who seeks him, not those that put on a DVD, not those who on U channel are getting all their information. We actually need to be very careful of what we're watching and taking in from sources outside of where we belong as a family. The biggest problems I had with my sons over the years growing up, I've got three sons. The oldest one now, he's almost 40, he's 37. Dan, who a lot of you guys know, he leads a congregation through in, um, in Sunningdale, and then uh, Joel, my youngest son. Those three, 
the, mo- the biggest problems I had with them were when they learned things outside of the family and they wanted to bring them in. I just stopped those things. Say, hey guys, this is, this is not acceptable. And I want to say to you guys in this congregation that are part of this congregation, we have a leadership, we have an eldership, we have deacons that are yet to protect you. When you've got things that you're unsure of, bring it to them. They're not going to say, oh, you're in. No, bring it. Bring it. I want to help you. I've, I've been reading books, and suddenly I can see this thing is just going to the rubbish bin. It's too easy. There's too many YouTube stuff. There's too many everything. So do you want to believe? And you know what? Faith is not intellectual assent. Yes, I believe in God. Uh, I sung some songs this morning. I even jumped around in the front. I was the most energetic out of everyone. Well, praise God for that, but that doesn't mean you're saved even. It doesn't even mean you're saved. In James 2, 14 to 26, he says, show me your faith and I'll show you my faith by my works. And then you show me your works by your faith. You know what? It's no good being this person And actually, nobody knows or understands what you're doing and why you're doing. People need to be saying, yo, but you're different. You act differently. You live differently. You speak differently. But you know what? But this faith can't be by presumption. It needs to be, I hear God, and now I do it because I've heard God. I think more of us need to be involved in this. We should be, I hear God to phone that person and talk to them about the Lord or even just phone them and ask them how they're doing, what's happening, and then you don't do it. No, your faith is shown by your works, by what you do. You've actually got to move beyond what you think. I see a lot of people that they think all these big things, you know, whoa, yeah, this about faith and that about faith, but I don't see any outworking of it. And then I see the reverse. I see lots of stuff happening, but it's not because of Jesus. It's because of their personality is that they are doer and they want to do stuff all the time. No, you've got to link those two things together. Sometimes we can claim to have faith But it's more to do with our ability than to do with God's ability. So it's more to do with our faith than God's faithfulness. We all need to remember faith is a gift from God. Ephesians 2.8. For it is by faith that you have been saved... So we saved through faith because we get this revelation of God, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God. You know what? In the kingdom of God, you can't earn anything. It's given to you always. It's given to you. Jesus died. They, he gave us salvation. You see, our faith needs to and it needs to grow in our mind. I don't know about you, but I get these things in, in my heart. Suddenly I feel like, hey, God's talking to me about this. He's talking to me about this. And then I will 
this is the moment that I have to do what he's asked me to do. So God is looking for opportunities to help your faith grow. Faith grows in our head and it flourishes in an atmosphere of humility and honesty. Guys, God gives grace to who? The humble. God gives grace to the humble. If you're arrogant, you've got no grace coming your way. God gives grace to the humble and honesty. Don't, don't ever inflate or exaggerate so that you look better and you look this power gift. Don't ever do that because God won't honor that. We, we know some things. We know that faith is more precious than gold in 1 Peter 1.7. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith in Hebrews 12.2. Faith comes by hearing of his word, and faith can keep growing and increasing. 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Guys, that's something all of us can be involved in. We can look for those that are lonely. We can look for those that are, are feeling down. We can look for those that need some help in whatever they're doing. And as we work in those areas, so our faith increases, so our love for one another increases. We need to be those that are, are looking at our love increasing. So I'm going to look at some, I don't know what to call it, different levels different types of faith. The first one Johandra used this morning, it's in, it's in Luke 8 and verse 13. It might be in a different gospel, but it's the same story. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. When they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I call this temporary faith. Temporary faith. It's faith that's initially there, but then it's gone. I've seen so many people that get saved into the kingdom, and in a very short time, they, they I don't want to say backslide, they, they, they move back, they, they find themselves on their back foot with Jesus. And then you even have those that have been serving God for a long time, and they start to get stale, and they start to lose their love, and their zest, and their zeal for Jesus, and so their faith becomes temporary. Don't think that because we've served God for 20 years, our faith is not temporary. The Word says a day is as a thousand years with the Lord. 20 years is nothing to God, absolutely nothing. Next one, little faith. Matthew 6 and verse 30. If that is our God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Little faith, it's when you struggle, you have doubt, you lack confidence in certain situations. When, when you see things that you don't know what to do, you just step back. 
You don't step forward. There have been many instances in my life, and I'm sure you guys that are here as well, when you've come up against something, but in, in faith, you just continue to push forward. As I said, my son is one of those cases. There have been many instances where we have pushed forward and we have broken through. So we find ourselves in a bit of a, a little faith, weak faith. Matthew 8 and verse 26, he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? When he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Weak faith is faith that is influenced by your surroundings. So you're working, you're trusting God to come through for you in your business. And everything is against you that it seems like this can't happen, but you refuse to give in. You just continue to push forward. This, that is not weak faith. Weak faith is, ah, oh, no, I'm going I'm to go and do something else. I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm going to give it up. Strong faith. Romans 4 and verse 20, without weakening in his faith, talking about Abraham, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Guys, we need to be fully persuaded that God will do what he said he will do. You know where people come wrong in this thing is they, they, they go to presumption. They, I've heard God say this, and now, but he's not answering my, my questions on this thing. Why, why is it not happening? Do you know what? Presumption is when you just step out into what, where God doesn't want you. That's a game. While God has given you the body, friends, family, that's again why he's given you leaders so that you can go to them and say, what do you think about this? So it's not your decision on your own, but people come alongside you and stand with you and say, come, we're going to do this thing now. Fully persuaded, strong faith. It's unshakable. It's unshakable for my son. I, I don't know if he'll ever come back to the Lord, but my faith is unshakable. I trust for him. I pray for him. I'm trusting God that he will come back. Great faith. Matthew 8 and verse 10, it says, When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. When we respond, because this is the guy that said, come pray for my son. And Jesus, Jesus said, okay, I'll come with you. He said, no, you don't need to come. You speak and I know it's done. So when we respond to what Jesus says, Jesus, you have said this, and I know that this is going to happen. You don't need to come anymore. I'll put my faith in there with you.
to grow in faith. So we need to, we need to know how to move beyond where we are at the moment. We, we, we have to believe, guys, and I, I'm going to call up people afterwards for healing. But guys, you need to believe. You need to believe that Jesus has called us to pray for the sick. Not just pray for them, to see them get healed when we pray for them. We need to see demons come out. It's been a bit quiet lately. We haven't had a demon here for a while. I think there's nothing better than a demon coming out. Because you know what? That just shows the lordship of Jesus Christ. You coming out. And I'm not even going to shout. I've got to tell you a story about this. I, I, I used to travel to Africa on a regular basis, really often. And Africa is full of, because of the witchcraft and all that, it's full of the demonic presence of the devil. And so uh, I remember we went to Zimbabwe, very close. And we arrived at the meeting that night. We were going to do like a, I wouldn't say a crusade. They call it a crusade. I was going up to go and preach on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we went up on the Friday night we arrived. It's all dark and obviously running generators. They, they started before us, yeah, with generators. And so the generator's running and I walk in and there's this guy lying on his face on the ground. And he's got like five or six guys, apparently deacons, screaming at him. I was scared. I said, what are you guys doing? No, he's getting rid of this demon. I said, you don't have to shout. They haven't got, they're not deaf. Demons are not deaf. Unless they're deaf spirit. So I, 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 I leaned down because he's laying on his face. And one thing I found out when you do deliverance is you must look in that thing's eyes. That's the gateway to the soul. And so I turned him over and I put my knee on his chest so he couldn't go anywhere because he was trying to be a snake. And I pinned him under my knee and I looked down. There was blood coming out of his eyes, out of his ears. There was blood coming out of everywhere. And you know what? I, I didn't flinch. I wasn't scared. This is why I'm here. We cast that thing out. And there's a whole long story that goes with it. But that, those demons come out. For me, when I see that, I think, wow, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. And you know what? People, oh, they aren't. Come with me to Africa. I'll show you demons. Every church we go to, I'll show you a demon. They are just, it's just, it's their culture, unfortunately. But we've had a few years in South Africa, too. When I was up in Benoni, this lady arrived. And actually, her, her boyfriend phoned me the day before, and he said, can you help me? I said, what's the matter? He says, my girlfriend tried to bite me in the face. She was growling like a wolf. I said, oh, really? I said, I'm not coming to you. I said, you come to church tomorrow, which was Sunday. So he says, okay, I'll bring her. So we, we arrive at church. I actually forgot about it. Uh, we arrive at church, and I'm walking to the entrance of the, the church, and there's this lady. She's got so much stainless steel stuff 
in her ears and her eyes and her eyebrows and her belly button, her everything. I could see myself in her. In her <laughs> and so I shake her hand. I say, oh, good morning. And then I realize this is the lady because as I grabbed her hand, she started to do this thing. And I was thinking, oh, no, no. I said, we're going to up church now. So we, we went into the church and it was so funny because one of my elders was leading worship that morning. <laughs> so he starts off, ding, jingalaka, jingalaka, jingalaka. I can't even remember what the song was, jingalaka, jingalaka. So I thought, no, this is wasting time. I said, is there anyone here who wants to surrender their life to Jesus Christ this morning? Well, this lady just stands up. Eh? She's like, she looks like she's intoxicated. She's just going like this. She hits the ground and she starts doing the snake thing, eh? and, and jingalaka, jingalaka, turn to, oh, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> All the parents, where's my children? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> their children. So anyway, we don't, we don't like to make a big thing about it, and if it happened here, yeah, we'd do the same. We took her outside, and, jeez, I can't remember. It was about 20-something, yeah. Demons just came up, one, one after another, this one. But we got to the one, obviously with the one that tried to bite the boyfriend in the face. And I was, I was praying for her like this. And the next minute, she, ah, her whole face changed. The, the bone structure, and the, it changed into a wolf. But fortunately, we, I pushed on the head because I couldn't push lower. So I pushed on the head. And she was ah, trying to bite me like that. It was scary, eh? but she got totally delivered, set free. I bought her a Bible when she went home. It was amazing. I, I want to tell you, things like that either frighten you or they strengthen you. For me, they strengthen. Hey, come on. I had another lady that came to the church. She said to me, I've got this head that's sitting on my head all the time. When I lay down at night, the, the head sits on my stomach. I said, what is that? So she says to me, and I don't do this. She says to me, can I have an appointment to come and see you on your own? I said, no, you can't. Speak to my wife. She does my diary. <laughs> so then we, started to, uh, then we started to pray for her, and Patty's got this thing about Vomit. I start to pray for her, and she's like, she just leaves me, and she runs out. She gets the elder's wife to come back with a bucket. Blah, all this green flame and stuff. I'm like, wow, babe, you left me alone with a woman. <laughs> yeah, no way. So I was not happy with Patty. And it was like she, she had serious alcohol problems. It was, like, it was like pure vodka that came out of her mouth. But you know what? We've got this story. We started out under Adam. If you're not born again this morning, you're under Adam. When you get saved, you're no longer under Adam, you're under Jesus Christ. And that means everything Jesus did, you can do. Everything, I'm going to miss that scripture, it's very long. 
But it speaks about the fact that we were under this one man. You can write it down if you want in Romans 5.15. We were under that, under Adam, but now we're under Christ. So we are able to do everything that Jesus did because we are under him. Faith for the supernatural flourishes under a foundation of grace. You know why? Because it's not because of you. I, I, I want to encourage you. I hope it never happens. I'm, I'm getting older. Uh, maybe it will never happen. But I've never physically been hurt by the demonic. Never. Your authority is over and above what that demon has because you are under Christ, in the name of Christ. We actually had a guy in Durbanville where we had a demon as well. We had to carry him outside. He was shouting and fighting. <laughs> but you know what? We need to keep on learning from our mistakes. You know the amazing thing is people say, oh, did, did uh, Jesus actually want the disciples to heal? So I'm shortening now. But if you look at how it happened, Jesus said to them, you go and pray. And they went and prayed and nothing happened. But then Jesus came and they were healed. So it was, it was God's will that they would be saved because that's why he did it after they couldn't do it. And if you go and look at the disciples, as they go further and further from the book of Acts, we start to see the miraculous of God breaking out. And I believe as, a, as the church, I'm not talking about this, I'm talking about the church, we've lost what God wants us to be doing in the kingdom of God. We want to see people getting healed miraculously, miraculously, being set free from things that they don't need to live under. This morning, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust God for this thing this morning. I'm, I'm going to trust God that, that I'm going to see this thing change in my life. And you know what? It's not just about healing. It's about everything. As Johandre spoke, it includes finances. It includes, we've had many miracles financially. But I, I don't want to go, people think, oh, you're going to the fine. No, I don't want to do that. But it, it's probably the topic that Jesus spoke about the most was finances. But we can trust for everything. There have been many people that Patty and I have prayed for that couldn't fall pregnant or weren't pregnant and they have fallen pregnant and had babies. It's a miraculous. Man can't do that. And so this morning, we need to continue to ask the questions of Jesus. We need to keep on growing in faith. We need to uh, let God turn our disappointments into divine appointments. I've had things like that, where you find yourself in a situation and there's something with this person and you pray for them and you never hear. And then years later, hey, you know what happened there when you prayed for me? It's like out of the... I suppose I have got a long history of praying for people. <laughs> 28 years now, full-time ministry. Is that right? That's almost longer than my children, unfortunately for them. 
But the Bible says through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. I know you guys. I know some of your guys' stories of, of financially, physically. I know what God has done in your life. That's what's easier for me to believe because I see what God has done in your life. Hey, God, you have broken through in this person's faith. You, you've, you've done something that, that only you could have done. Only you could have done it. You know what? You're going to have to accept the fact that you will be misunderstood. People say, oh, what are you doing? Are you praying for the sick? And what's this thing that's going on? But you need to stay secure and don't react. All it is in the name of Jesus. Guys, I, I, I want to prompt you. When you pray for someone, don't come with some big, long, Abrahamic covenant prayer. Just the word says in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Don't, don't be rushed, but in the name of Jesus. Sometimes you just got to stand there. Sometimes you just got to allow the Spirit of God to come and begin to minister to that person. There's a story of Peter, obviously, getting out the boat and walking on water, and everyone always says, oh, his faith failed, and he began to drowned and all that stuff. Let me tell you, he's the only oak who walked on water. The others didn't walk on water. And this morning, as you pray for people, you're going to have to walk on water and you're going to sink sometimes. But there are going to be other times when you don't sink and God moves on that person's behalf because when we are praying, we're not getting anything, we're giving. I just want to read uh, supernatural faith. I'm going to mark 11 and verse 23, Alice. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. Haven't you thought, that's weird, how can God move mountains? Do you know what that word mountain means? Go and study it. That word mountain is the word oros, like oros man. It's the word oros. It's the word unbelief. Take that unbelief and have it moved. Remove that unbelief. Remove it. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, Forgive. For me, folk, the, the biggest thing, if you want to walk in the miraculous, is make sure that you're living in a place of forgiveness. Don't have things against people. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you in your trespasses. I want to finish with this faith. It's called saving faith. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, it says, This is the foundational belief and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
resulting in salvation. Romans 10 and verse 9 to 10. If you're born again, this is a scripture that needs to be printed in your heart. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Not you may be saved. You will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved.